0: Welcome to the Learn Stage Lighting podcast. This is the show where newcomers and professionals alike come to learn more about stage lighting. And now your host, David Henry. All right. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the show today. Like he said, I am David Henry from LearnStageLighting.com, and uh, this is episode 10. Today, we're going to be talking about how do I solve DMX problems. Okay, so that's going to be the topic of today's show, but first we're going to try a little something new. So you just heard that music there. It might have been a little cheesy. That's kind of on purpose, but this is the news section of our show. So I haven't done a news section previously, and uh, if you've been around Learn Stage Lighting for a while, you know that that I've never um, desired or tried to be a news site. I don't want to be a news site, okay? There's there's plenty of news sites out there in, in the world in our lighting industry. However, you know, I'm always reading them. I'm always keeping up on the news. And so I thought it would be a good place here just to highlight a, th- a few things that have caught my eye, caught my attention in the past week or so, and just share those with you here. And so um, this is just, you know, a place for those if you don't keep up with these news sources, you know, hey, you can listen here, get, get some basic news uh, that may apply to you. So there's a bunch of things going on in console land this week, um, and most of this is actually um, due to the uh, USITT trade show here in the US, so, you know, that's a time where um, a lot of companies um, bring out new products and stuff like that, and so I, I mentioned last week that um, the announcement was made that M-Series, the console formerly made by Martin slash Harman Professional, had been acquired by Alation and Alation uh, Professional, and that is true. And uh, and it really sounds like, um, you know, just seeing the, the chatter on the web and in talking to folks at Alation as well, that this is like a really great thing uh, for the console, for Alation. I think it's, it's a win-win for everybody, um, for Harmon as well. And so I think it's gonna be a really great thing. I'm excited for it uh, as well um, to really see it gain even more steam and traction uh, than it has previously. Also in console news, um, Blizzard Lighting announced they're going to be distributing the Light Shark. Okay, now what is the Light Shark? Well, this is a console that I saw at LDI this past year, which is the big lighting trade show in November. And I talked to these guys, and I've actually got a demo unit sitting here right now, right next to me. And I've been playing with it for a few days. And this is a really cool, you know, revolutionary console out there. And why is this thing cool? Well. I'm always looking at, as you guys know, I'm always looking for industry disruptors, for people that are out there, you know, trying to make something that, that challenges the status quo and really, you know, is revolutionary. And so this was one, when I saw it at LDI, first I walked by it a couple of times and I was like, oh, eh, whatever, some other console from some other people, you know, PC based console, whatever. Um, but then I took a time, I, I, I stepped in their booth when there weren't a lot of people there, I looked at it, I talked to the folks there um, from on from WorkPro and so they're these Spanish guys, um, the Spanish company that um, I believe is a production company and they sell stuff and they make some stuff, and they're making this new lighting console. And what this is is it's a really good intermediate level lighting console, okay, so it's not really basic and it's not really full on professional. it's It's for people in the middle who who want some of that professional functionality. Without the depth and and the confusion and the total number of features that a professional console has. So, you know, I teach people here on LearnStageLighting.com. And I see a lot of time people get, you know, really in the weeds in a console. And, and they want some of that professional feature. So they go to a professional piece of software or console. And then they get confused and frustrated and, and they don't make great lighting. So this is a guy, this is a console that's going to sit in the middle. And what I really like about this is... It's priced at a place that's right in there with those PC-based consoles, okay? And so the uh, MSRP for the the full console, which has 10 faders, you know, four encoder wheels, a little screen on it, um, that guy is uh, MSRP's at 1500 and then there's one that's just a box, um, no control surface. And that one, MSRP's at, I believe, 700 or $600 US. Um, and what makes these different is... You still need a PC or a tablet or a phone to run it, but the console itself, it has a computer inside of it and it's running the console. So if your computer, your tablet crashes, dies, runs out of battery power, loses connection, you know, any of these windows update starts, um, you know, any of these myriad of things that, that happen in lighting, um, you're fine. Because the console's still running the show, even if you disconnect your computer. And so it's a really cool concept, and I've got one here. I've been working with it for about a week on and off, you know, when I've got extra time. And um, kudos to those guys, because this thing is really cool, and I think it's a real good answer for a lot of people in that intermediate level. You know, somebody who who doesn't need all the power of a full-on professional console, but wants a lot of those features and and gets frustrated with basic entry-level software um, this is really really a game changer and a winner for for that use case and so really excited about that i was excited to see that blizzard is distributing it because i didn't know that blizzard was distributing it oh i got my demo unit from the manufacturer themselves um, so i'm really excited about that and uh, i want to see where i'm excited to see where this thing goes so let me know guys if you have questions about that uh console and i'll certainly you know be able to answer them here and elsewhere interestingly enough in similar news camsys introduced the quick queue consoles now as far as i know um you you can't buy these yet this is really just an announcement and they got some pretty pictures and stuff and this is kind of a similar console design to the light shark okay um where it's a console that runs you know its own software on it and then you use um an external device as control. Um, it, it does have a monitor built in it um, which the light shark doesn't and looking at the features you know I think it's aimed at a little bit um, more professional world like it's it's definitely gonna be I think more expensive than the light shark it's got some features like RDM auto patch in there um, and I think it's a little more aimed at people who are looking at like the MA.2 by MA lighting Um, where it's a little bit more of a professional user, a little bit more cost. Um, I I think it's going to be more expensive than the light shark, but, you know, certainly something to look at if you're, if you're in the market for something like this. Um, so that, you know, you can, you can see all your options. Again, these aren't out yet. They don't have pricing released or anything like that, but you know, it kind of, it kind of looks cool and kind of looks like an interesting unit. Okay. And so. Um, they don't even tell you how many universes it'll output, like the uh, the Light Shark. Um, you get eight universes on either unit, which is amazing. Um, and those are two of them are on board and the rest are via ArtNet or SACN. Um, and so I just think that's really interesting as well that there's another one. It's been announced. Um, not a lot of info on it yet. And then last but not least in this uh, news section is let's talk about spam. Okay. Spam is meat in a can, but it's also when somebody out there is sending emails, um, that they're not supposed to be okay. And so there, you know, somebody is acting maybe on the behalf of somewhere else. They're trying to fish for money or something like that. So it came to my attention a few days ago, um, that there is someone out there under the name of green, Witch promotion, if you Google it, there's nothing out there on the internet. They're using a Gmail address. And they're sending out emails, um, basically slamming other websites that teach lighting, great websites like Console Trainer and Console Training and, and Christian Jackson, you know, really great people out there making great uh, educational lighting content. And he's basically, this guy's slamming them. And then he's saying, well, David, this guy at Learn States Lighting is the best, and contact me and I can get you a discount code. And so this guy is not affiliated with me. He is a pure spammer. He is, he is, you know, he's not authorized to be doing this, Um, and so here's what we gotta do, people. If you get an email from this guy, because it looks like he's scraping Facebook files, he's just going through Facebook and seeing people that have email addresses that are public, and he's just emailing them. If you get this email, okay, mark it as spam, all right? So we've already sent a cease and desist to this guy, we're we're reporting it to Google whether that'll do anything or not. I don't know. And, you know, and that guy replied back to me and I replied back again with the same cease and desist saying, hey, I will take legal action. Now, with the way he writes, he's probably not in the U.S. So I probably can't actually do anything. And my cease and desist probably isn't even, you know, really valid. Um, he, He's probably, you know, in some country where the government's not going to come down upon this guy. And we don't know who he is anyways. But. If you do get an email like that mark it as spam, please do that because that lets Gmail know, Hey, when they see a high percentage of this guy's email getting marked as spam, um, you know, it lets them know, Hey, this guy's a spammer, send it straight to the spam box. And that's what we need because, you know, he is not by any means an authorized agent of Lauren stage lighting. He is not affiliated with Lauren stage lighting. I have no idea who this guy is. He's signing his emails. is my name. And it makes me mad. You know, I want to help, uh, do the world um, some good with lighting, and uh, that is just plain uncool. So if you get that market as spam, and uh, you know, you can let me know, you can shoot me an email, questions at learnstagelighting.com, forward it to me, whatever, if you do get these emails, um, and so I can, you know, at least report them to Gmail. All right, let's dive into our main segment. So today we're gonna talk about troubleshooting DMX. Okay. Because we've talked about already, you know, the basics of DMX, we've talked about how to wire DMX. And so now, you know, what do you do when things don't work right? Okay. And this can be, you know, a a, a wide variety of, of, Hey, it's not working right, Right. You know, you can have it where, Hey, you know, it's flickering. You could have the lights not working at all. You could have some lights are working, but then I go plug in more, And some of the lights go crazy. Some of them don't. There's a lot of different things that can go wrong with DMX. So what do you do when it goes wrong? Well, here are a few tricks I just want to share with you today. And these are from a post on learn stage lighting that I'll link to in the show notes as well. But you know, here's how we can start to figure these things out. Okay. Because this isn't like, um, analog control or analog audio where things just always move in a sequential order. Okay. So the first thing is just go ahead and, and first and foremost, go into your console, go to your fixtures, check to make sure everything is patched correctly. Okay. So they're at the right DMX address, um, that the console thinks they're supposed to be. Make sure the fixtures are in the mode that they're patched in in the console. So make sure those modes match up because that can be, you know, you can have a fixture that's working partially right. You know, it seems to be working right, but then you use a certain feature and it goes crazy And, and that can be, you know, a good, um, that could definitely be a wrong mode issue. You know, check that your console's master is at full. Um, and then also look if your console has an output screen where you can view the output make sure what you think you're sending to the lights is actually being sent to the lights, okay? And so then, once you've kind of done that, go ahead and check the fixtures, you know, make sure, like I said, make sure they're plugged in where you think they're supposed to be. You know, if, if you're not getting any signal at all or or they're doing something erratic, um, go ahead and just go straight out of the console or out of your snake or wherever, you know, you're getting that universe from the, the console, you know, unplug that, plug in a fresh DMX line and run it straight to the fixture that's having the problem and see if that resolves it or not. And then you can start to figure out, okay, you know, do I have a bad cable somewhere? Do I have um, too many fixtures on this DMX chain? Do I have a bad splitter or, you know, something like that in the mix? Um, Another thing that this can reveal is that you could have a fixture that maybe is in some sort of automated mode. So a lot of these more inexpensive fixtures, if you set them to like, you know, a standalone or an auto program mode on on the unit itself, and they're not in the DMX mode, they just start spitting out DMX to the rest of the fixtures because the idea is that you can kind of have a master-slave operation. But when you're trying to control these fixtures via DMX and it's spitting out information to other fixtures, the other fixtures are going to interpret that DMX uh, data totally differently and might be doing something erratic. And so that's something to check too. If you've got some fixtures that could be in a mode like that, go and check those fixtures because they could be affecting other fixtures in the DMX chain. Okay. And then just go ahead. If, If those kind of things, you know, don't solve it, what we talked about already, then do yourself a favor. And, you know, like I said, plug in you know, straight from the console to the unit and unplug anything that's daisy chained to that unit. So if you come out of that, that unit that's not working right and then go to other fixtures, unplug the output to those other fixtures and then you can see, hey, is this fixture working fine when it's on its own or is it not? And then figure that out as well. Um, another big tip, of course, and this is IT tip number one is reboot reboot your console, reboot your fixtures. You know, it, it that, that shouldn't fix anything but sometimes it does. Um especially depending on your console if you're using like a you know a, a a non-professional console and and this can happen to a professional console too. You know, sometimes there's some weirdness, your show file could get corrupted, um etc. So I'm not going to go deep into the weeds on that one, but a good reboot can always help. And so go ahead and um one of the things I like to do actually when, when I am troubleshooting, is just run a slow chase on your console that runs through your, your fixture systematically, so that when you're away from your console and you're troubleshooting, you can see, you know, like a color change or something, you can see the fixtures changing, and if you wiggle a cable and then the fixture stops changing, that's a clue that you might have a, a cable that's intermittent, and you know, it's like it's getting the data sometimes, but then you wiggle the cable and it stops getting data. Hey, then you know, it's a bad cable and and when you are doing this say you you get that fixture you plug it in first and it's all working hunky-dory everything is good then start plugging in the rest of the fixtures one at a time to see what's going on to see okay you know I add and up until this fixture and then when I plug in this fixture it all just goes crazy Um, I've seen this happen before where you have literally just a fixture that you know, the DMX port is, is kind of going berserk. You know, the the, the fixture is going a little crazy and it causes problems like that. Um, I've also seen, you know, if you're using mic cable, we've talked about this before. If you're using microphone cable to run your DMX, then sooner rather than later, you're going to hit a point in your daisy chaining where the the signal degrades too much and then you have problems. So the short answer is don't use mic cable, but this is how you can figure it out and uh one other thing to mention in this segment of the show is just you know your fixtures may have a DMX indicator light that says okay DMX is on or or it's or it's off um and those are not trustworthy okay because a fixture could be getting signal um from your console and it could not light up sometimes it could light up really dim um i've seen cases where you know another fixture in standalone mode is sending out DMX and so the DMX light's going to come on on that fixture, but it's not the right data. And so once you've kind of checked all that stuff, um, you know, and, and you've kind of isolated where the problem is, then you can start putting things in the mix to fix it. Um, another great thing that works often is using an opto splitter, right? So you can use that, that splitter to split the signal to isolate fixtures that are being crazy um etc to try to figure that out and and one great tool just uh to kind of end this segment one great tool that you can use um is the city theatrical dmx cat now this is going to be you're going to want to work with the lighting a good bit if you buy one of these i've got a review of it on stage that that'll link to but basically this is a test unit it does a lot of things but it connects to your phone or your tablet via bluetooth and allows you to do a number of things and one of the things it can do Is you're able to literally test the DMX signal you can bring the signal in and and see you know how fast is it going um, what data is on it etc so that's a really handy tool you can also use it to just plug the DMX cat into a fixture and control only that fixture to make sure the fixtures working right and so if you're working with DMX a lot um, the DMX cats uh, about it's under $350 so you know it's it's an investment but if you work with DMX a lot it may be worth it for you i know it was for me as well and so with that i think i've i've covered this pretty decent troubleshooting you know it's pretty basic thankfully because DMX is a protocol you know it it's kind of old you know not to rag on it but because it works great but you know it was started i believe around 1990 or a little bit before that and so you know it's a fairly simple protocol where the console just broadcasts out information and then the fixtures either get it or they don't and so that does help with troubleshooting but you know these are just a few things um you can do to help with that so check out the full post at learnstagelighting.com links in the show notes of course and now let's dive into our mailbag. All right, here in our mailbag, if you haven't been here before, this is the section of the show where I just hop in, I copy and paste, uh, some emails from, that I get from people and, uh, I answer them here live on the show. So I really just, uh, you know, read them for about the second time here, you know, I just read them quick before this and, uh, you know, show you my thought process, um, to these lighting challenges and, and how to best solve them. So today, our first question is from Ginger and uh, she goes to a uh a church a worship center and they're looking to get new lighting that will work uh for us and so they want something that'll be good for live streaming um and she's a photographer on the side and so they want it to look good not only on the eye but on the camera and so uh ginger um obviously i I googled it quick let me google again there's a lot of overflow worship centers um and so i don't know exactly which one yours but that's okay you don't have to know um to be able to answer this but uh, there are a few different ones here there's uh right here georgia north carolina um another georgia north carolina florida so um but that doesn't matter so basically when you work with lighting the first thing i like to do and i'm wondering actually you mentioned a guide so if you've maybe um purchased my course the foundations of church lighting um that's a really great start um but regardless when, when you're starting with lighting as you've discovered the first thing to do is is get a natural looking front light wash on to your people okay and so what does that look like well you you want to go ahead and um and and get those angles right. And so what that looks like is, um, and I go deeper into this in the course. I'm not sure if you're if you've gotten the course or not, um, but that doesn't matter. What you want to do is you want to get for each position on the stage, which is usually a eight to ten foot area roughly, you want to get two lights hitting the people from the front, okay? And these two lights are about from their head about 45 degrees up, and then they're about they're each about 45 degrees off center. So to the sides, they're 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 literally 90 degrees apart. You can just hold a right angle with your arms, and hold it about 45 degrees up in the air, and that's approximately where your lights should be. Again, that's that's not always doable in everybody's uh, facility and with their unique needs, but um, you know as close to that as you can get. Try not to go too much steeper than that. Shallower is going to look better, but but also put some shadows on your walls, and. And that's where you want to start okay you want to get that right first because that's going to be your primary video lighting where when you do do video um the camera that allows the camera to clearly see the people on stage then the third light um a third light behind the person helps separate them from the background and they call that we call that three point lighting then after that you can really go wherever you want with it um, there's a lot of things you can do to add color, you know, like the walls or the set that you have in your church and, and do different things like that. Um, and, and I, 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 um, I cover that in various places on my YouTube channel, but, but if you want the full guide, um, do check out the foundations of church lighting on the products page at learnstagelighting.com. Um, or you, you should have seen an email about it if you're on my email list, but that's, that's really a step-by-step guide where you get three hours of video that kind of walks you through that. So I'd check that out. It's, it's not that expensive. And so, um, but that, that's where you start. So you can start from what I just told you, but there, there is more info in that course. Um, Garth wrote in and, uh, said, oh boy, I think it's photographer dated. He said, so he's a photographer. No. Um, but he says, um, that he wants to use some led dimmable, uh, lights, like some, basically some light bulbs, like some, you know household 100 watt or 150 watt replacement led units um but can i put them on a dimmer pack okay and so um here's how this works garth so um led units and dimmer packs um, have a love-hate relationship so led light bulbs and dimmer packs really have a light love-hate relationship um at the simplest form if you want to go and just put those lights on just a wall dimmer, have an electrician wire up just a, a wall dimmer, a standard you know wall dimmer like you'd get from the home improvement store and and attach those to your lights that's going to be the easiest option for you for simple lighting okay um, And what you need to look for, is you need to find a dimmer that's rated for working with dimmable LEDs, okay? And just just google it or or find it at your home improvement store. They cost a little bit more than the other ones, but they're not that expensive. Um like I think the Lutron Diva is it called? I forget. That's not my area of expertise obviously, but I I've researched it and I've used some in my house. And so um it, when you don't use a when you use a dimmer, a household dimmer that's that's not designed for LEDs, um it doesn't dim smoothly it can make a lot of noise and it could be potentially damaging to the lights so you want to be careful about that now putting those leds on a a dimmer pack um that can be done like a dmx dimmer pack like we use in stage lighting but those particular types of dimmer packs really like to have a load on them and so they like to have a lot of a good amount of power being sucked by them and when you run just some LEDs off of them and it's, it's only, you know, consuming, you know, 100 watts or, or less, um, those dimmer packs kind of freak out. They don't like it. They can start flickering at lower levels, et cetera. So I generally don't recommend that simply because um, it doesn't work. You know, I've run into situations where, you know, like in the kind of event industry where you go to light something and, you know, the event planner brings some chandeliers with some LED bulbs in them. And they say, "Oh, can you dim these?" And you, and you know, of course you can. And I say, "Okay, you know." And but then you go to plug them in, and you literally have to on each channel, you know, where you have these low wattage LED bulbs that are dimmable. You have to put on like backstage, like hide like a 500 watt PAR can or something, just so that it dims smoothly because it, it wants a certain amount of load. So, anyways, um, that is the scoop there, Garth. Um, doable, but kind of. Richard wrote in Richard L and, uh, his church is in need. I guess it's church day today, um, of a lighting upgrade. Um, so they have some NSI stuff. They've got an NSI controller. They've got two NSI, uh, eight channel dimmer packs. I believe those are the NRD eight thousands. I'll just Google that quick. Um, Googling it for me. So you don't have to. And it's so, yeah, that's an eight channel. Yeah. I'm familiar with those guys. They used to be pretty popular, um, and then, and then, 16 par 64 lights. He thinks that's uh, the particular part they are. Um, so the console's starting to have some trouble, uh, and they're looking to upgrade their lighting um, because the controllers starting to fail. You know, they want to use some newer technology. Um, You know, he'd like to eventually add some LEDs as well. So how do we manage this? Because you've got some NSI stuff which talks MicroPlex, but you want to use DMX in the future. And so how do you make that transition without having two separate systems? Can it be done all in one system, is what Richard's asking. And then he sent me a link uh, to his church so I could look at the videos on Facebook. Um, So I looked at the videos, and, and like you said, Richard, You know, your lighting's not bad. Like the angles, especially on your preaching area, are good. Like it looks good on camera. It looks natural. The people stand out from the stage. Um as you noted, some of them may be misaimed. In fact, the uh you know the band is not well lit, and they probably could be, um with you know, some attention to that um those angles. But um, you know, DMX you can convert to microplex and there's a couple boxes out there the most uh, popular probably inexpensive one is the leviton if501 and i'll link to this uh, in the show notes and it takes your dmx output and converts it to microplex so you could control those dimmers um with your your dmx console now with that said um it's about $500 and you could buy some DMX dimmer packs. You could probably, if you go to a dealer and price it out, you know, for a 16, to eight channel dimmer packs or four, four channels, you could probably buy DMX dimmer packs for about that money. So if you could find like a used IF501 or something like that, it might make sense, but it probably makes sense just as you're replacing your controller, replace your dimmer packs and go to DMX. Um, With that said, the the wiring that's feeding your dimmer packs right now to your controller is most likely a microphone cable. So you're going to want to replace that with a DMX cable as well um, so you don't have any issues because MicroPlex was designed to run on um, microphone cable. Now, um, so you can get a converter. You could, um, you know, if you're happy with your lighting and all that you have right now, you could search eBay. Like I just searched quick um, for kind of a band-aid fix here. And I typed in NSI Microplex, and there's somebody here who's selling a uh, NSI uh, 16 channel basic little control board with eight channels on the top, eight on the bottom, with a dimmer pack that's not working, but the console they say works, um, and they're selling it for a hundred bucks. Okay, and so you know that's an option as well, um, and you can even tell them just to throw the uh, dimmer pack as w- away if you didn't want it. Um, but it says that it may just be a blown fuse. They don't know, so so there, there's different options there. Um, but probably what I would recommend is either you know going ahead and replacing that dimmer pack. Um, you know you've got good, decent front lights, and you know everybody's switching to LED for a lot of things, and LED's good and it saves money and it saves energy and all that jazz. But if you're a church and you only use your lights, you know, a handful of hours each week, then the payoff period until you've actually like earned back in savings, the money that you spent on the LEDs is still quite a long time um, because you rarely have to change your bulbs, your lamps in those units. And so, um, and so cost wise, you know, you're saying you can't um, replace everything at once. So you're going to have to, at some point, you know, upgrade your dimmers to DMX. Um, You could get a converter, but that's about as costly as just buying new, dmx dimmer packs so that doesn't really make sense um and but you know there there's not really any consoles that output both that do a good job and so those are my recommendations there richard awesome guys so that's about it for today's show thank you guys for hanging out here on the podcast i i love hearing from you guys getting the questions in my inbox and um it's really been great to hear it from you guys as well. Now, huge favor that I need to ask you for is um, if you are not the one person who's left a, a review on, on iTunes or the seven people that have left a rating and I think I'm included in there, um, please go ahead and, and add that rating or review. It helps the show so much just so people can go ahead, find the show, learn more about it. And you know, let me know, what, what do you think about Um, the new format. What do you think about the news section? What do you think about the show? You know, let me know. I'm always up to improve. I'm I'm new at this podcasting thing, but I just, you know, I want to use it as a new avenue, a new way to just reach people and, and help teach people about lighting, especially people who are beginning, who are brand new with stage lighting. So with that, guys, please do rate and review the show and I'll see you on the next episode. Thanks. And that's it for today's show. Thank you for listening to the Learn Stage Lighting podcast. Be sure to visit us at learnstagelighting.com to see show notes, past episodes, and download a free guide on how to begin with lighting in your specific context. I'll see you guys on the site. Thanks.